Barney, where the fuck are you? You said you loved me, bitch. You fucking dino bitch. <laughs> yeah, and Barney's a G. So anyways, hello and welcome to the Mystery Meat Podcast. Uh, I'm Robbie, um, this is uh, Ruben, and um, who the fuck are you again, editor? Uh, I'm, I'm Kareem, the, 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 the proud Barney supporter. Uh, you know, I'm, I'm a big Barney fan. I was told this was going to be the Barney podcast. I just, I was, I, dude, I was told the same shit and I was, I just had to say like best fucking songs ever came out. It came out of that era. Just the best. Barney yeah, is a pile of dog shit. Dude. No. What? He's no. Basically, Sesame he's Street Elvis. is a classic and no. Barney is dog shit. No. No. <laughs> you're, you know, you're wrong in every possible Barney way. Barney walks so Eminem could run. We, shut the fuck up. We got some <laughs> certified hood classics from the Muppets and Sesame Street. What has Barney given us? Nothing. Uh, he, uh, nothing he's, given us, he's given us Barney's Sleepy Time songs. He's given us Run, Jump, Skip, and Sing. <laughs> no one listens uh, to those. Not at he's all. He's given us None. Barney's Big Surprise live on stage. Dude, that was... that was Dude, that was... A monumental event in history. Song? When 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 Barney went on stage, live on stage, it was Barney's big surprise. Everybody went to there. I, I you were a cokehead, crackhead. <laughs> it doesn't matter. <laughs> you went to that Barney show. Yeah, exactly. Ruben, everyone. Ruben, I'm about to suggest for the episode after this, we don't review Acid Bath. We review fucking uh, Muppet soundtrack. Do not tempt me. <laughs> Hey, hey. Uh, so, anyways, guys, we got. So, anyways, guys, we got a great show for you today. We're doing our first ever rap albums. You know, we did our first ever albums, and now we're doing our first ever rap albums. We got Regulate, which is you know suggested by me because Warren G is a fucking G. And then we got Kendo, and then we have what's yours, Lincoln Park. Yeah, that's right. Collision, Collision Course. Collision course. And so, um, you didn't say his whole name. It's Kendo the Almost Famous with his album name uh, Almost Famous. I'm sorry. I am so sorry about that. I, professional. I I'll go. I'll go. Fucking get myself on uh, and, the. And wall the Warren right G now. album is called Regulate G Funk Era. Well, it's Regulate. Then you pause because of the dots, and then you say G Funk Era. <laughs> yeah, get it right. Pause because of the dots. Uh, yeah, so I think we should start with regulate dot 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 uh, the G Funk Era. Actually, you say it you know. regulate G Funk Era. There you go. <laughs> Anyways, this was my first ever rap album, and even though I don't really know much about Warren G, I mean, I've, I've made a bunch of cracks about him, but when we were trying to think about first rap albums we ever heard, Warren G was a, a rapper my sister listened to a lot, and so that's the first one I ever remembered was Warren G's songs, especially Regulate, honestly. To be honest, it was probably most of Regulate that was played, but for me, personally, um, I was going to say something on the G-Funk style. I liked G-Funk, mainly because I 
just I like the funk part of it, but it does get a little monotonous, you know, or a little uh, boring at times. I like it's kind of like that weird transition in hip hop. I thought it, it like when it come out like ninety came out in the nineties. I think it was early nineties, nineteen ninety four. That's the song uh, the the album came out. So I mean, it was for, it was kind of like a transition where it was like gangster rap was trying it was kind of getting more famous. You know uh, um, what I mean there? Uh, can I can I be a smartass for a second? Oh my god, what? So gangster rap started up in the mid eighties, but it didn't really get famous until NWA's debut album in eighty nine nineteen ninety. I want to say it was, but yes, no, um, yes, I'm gonna let you go back to presenting Ruben. Anyways, fucking asshole. Um, I'm Robbie the almost asshole. <laughs> uh, yeah, so for me, I think it's just kind of like, yeah, NWA got really famous, but it was kind of still getting in on its tracks and people were kind of just getting into it and shit like that and I think I think uh, Dr. Dre was a big part of the G-Funk uh, movement as well I I, I I thought I heard that somewhere yeah Dre he... was a big producer for it yes I don't know how much G-Funk he actually made currently it's not that easy to listen to his debut album because a certain dog decided to take it off streaming platforms to turn it into a fucking NFT but yeah I would say Dre was important to G-Funk yeah so that's my presentation about Warren G, and I will say that I personally do like it because of the funk. So, um, what I'm going to say is I don't dislike the album, I don't dislike G-Funk, but I'm not really a fan of G-Funk. You know, it's something I could really do without that said. I do think it's kind of an interesting part of hip-hop's history, because the way I see it is it's kind of a combination of gangster rap and the old, and the Afrocentricity that hip-hop had more of in the 80s and early on. Because as I was listening to that, it kind of sounded like it was more influenced by, like, Africa Bambata, in a sense. That said, my main issues with the album is it kind of sounds samey at times, though I do think Warren G does well on it. I think his production's really good, even if, again, I'm not that into it and i like the a lot of the features he has on here like uh, i like a dove shack they have a song on here that starts out really shitty because i don't know what the fuck a g child is but when they actually start the track i like it and then they have like lady levi on there they have jaw skills they have a lot of good people on here and i do think it's a good album again it's just not one i think i'll necessarily come back to a G baby is when a, a mama OG and a papa OG and they love each other very Bro, much. And they have, did you read they my have notes? Baby. Because I straight up put my first bullet of this is the shack. I fucking hate this intro. Mr. Whoop and Uwu is just the origin of Fowies. Fairy alert. Fairy alert. There will be no yiffing on my timeline. Because that <laughs> shit, Mr. President! Like, what the fuck, Warren? What are you doing to my eardrums right now? And then the sea knights comes and deliberate my ears. What? what? He's trying to regulate you. Yeah. Shut the fuck That's up. What, yeah, he's fucking regulating, bro. And also, I like how Snoop Dogg's on here, because we get to know that he went by Snoop Rock before, and I'm <laughs> sharing that because it's based on um Cool Rock Ski from a rap group called the Fat Boys. Oh, I so, thought it was... Yeah. Because he was influenced by Kid Rock. He saw Kid Rock one time. I sort of got Urban. Anyways. No, no, no. I don't think Kid Rock was doing anything yet. Or maybe, I, no. Dude, okay. Uh, sidetrack. Just small sidetrack. Snoop Dogg did do a song with Kid Rock. Oh, I'm uh, sure they have, but... And it was... It was 
absolutely fucking horrible. Wow. I bet it was a masterpiece. Yeah. Fuck you, Ruben. No, I mean, Kid Rock is not known for good music. He did a track with Eminem, and it was terrible. Literally, he made a lyric. A Kid Rock sang this lyric, and it was about him and Bill Clinton, how he met Bill Clinton. He had two fingers up a steward's stewardess uh lady parts and then uh he put two fingers in there and they each had four fingers in there and that's literally what he said i'm not making this shit up okay (laughs) thanks kid rock cool story yeah literally about bill clinton and then snoop dogg comes in and he's like hey i got an ounce of weed (laughs) As Snoop Dogg does. As Snoop Dogg does. He brings the weed, uh, and Kid Rock brings some ecstasy. That's literally one of the fucking lyrics. Kid Rock yells, I got ecstasy. And then Snoop Dogg's like, I got an ounce of weed. Dude, the riff is like money, hoes, bitches, and asses. (laughs) But, um, a couple other things about this album that stand out to me either, haha funny or not. I'm not going to spend too long on this. I now know the phrase daddy bag because one of the standout songs to me so many ways where Lady Levi also does really good on the chorus. And in general regulate, there are some things on here I misheard or I made jokes about that I shouldn't repeat here. But I will say that Kareem is a geek so he can't be a regulator. Fuck you, Kareem. Wow. Yeah, you can't regulate worse shit, dude. <laughs> you right. barely can oh. regulate your fucking job. <laughs> you barely you motherfucker. Oh, yeah, also, I don't know what the hell G-Child's shit was with the Space Kateers and all that dumb bullshit. <laughs> I don't know. Because that's like, Space Kateers, Space yeah, Cadets! Like, I put it in here, Ruben, what is this? Yeah, what's a Space Kateer? <laughs> Ruben, what the fuck does this have to do with G-Funk and Warren <laughs> G? That's everything to do with G-Funk, you motherfucker. You just don't feel the music. You that's just, your problem. You can't tell me what it has to do. Like, G-Child's on this album saying all this bullshit about Space Kateers <laughs> and Mr. President, and it's like... Like, bro, what the fuck? Who is this? The internet doesn't even tell me who G Child is. He's trying to clue you in on fucking top secret information about the government. Space No, this album is a seven out of ten from me, but it might go to a zero, Ruben, <laughs> if you keep defending G Child. You <laughs> son of a bitch. Dude, I'm just trying to tell you that he's trying to give you important information. About what's it's a zero out of ten. <laughs> Worst rap album of the nineties. <laughs> I'm kidding, it's 7 out of 10 still, but... Uh, Kareem, what, what you got there? Um, what you got there I, I mean, I think this was okay. I, I, I'm i not really familiar with Warren G that much, Um, but I thought this was like a pretty... It is kind of repetitive, but I think overall not that bad. I really like Do You See. I think that was one that I really liked on there, and I, I like the remixes too. Even though I think you could cut them, because like, I think that entire like later half, that one's... It's like, um I know on Spotify, it's broken up on like side A and side B when you go on... uh. I don't know why yeah, I did not listen to any of Disc 2. That's all the remixes. Yeah, you could live without them. I'd say that's like the only thing that I, I've kinda, I was fine with like skipping. Beyond that, I, I didn't really think it was that bad. I think it was fine. If we're going to do ratings, I, I don't know if we're dumping ratings. Um, I'll just say something. We's. We're not dumping ratings. Ratings are still a thing. No, I'm saying jumping, uh, not dumping. Oh, oh, jumping, yeah. Um, Another thing, actually, I want to add two more things. First, What's Next had an intro that reminded me of Barney, and I, put, I now see why Ruben loves Barney. 
But I liked Malik's verse. That was good. I wish I could find more of their music. And also, the big thing I took away from this album is Nate Dogg, because Nate Dogg, as usual, fucking kills it constantly, and I really wish he was still alive. So, that's a sadder note, but yeah. Yeah, I wish, I wish Nate Dogg was still alive, and I, I really wish Barney was still alive, because... Those Fuck, fucking parents killed him. Those fucking house. parents fucking killed. No, he doesn't. He's gone forever. And those motherfucking parents killed him. They so, Ruben, what do you Bobby. rate the album? I rate the album about a 7 out of 10, honestly. When I listen back to it, grown up now, it's not the greatest. And I, like I said, it gets kind of boring, honestly. I, And I don't know what it is with rap tracks. Maybe it's just me, but they seem to be really, really long, you know? Especially the older ones. Like, they seem to be always, like, 15 long, songs or 20 songs. Oh, albums. Yeah. 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 I, I, think I, I, I think I get what you mean, but for me, 12 tracks is not a long album. That said, I don't know. I'm used to listening to, like, 20 uh, track albums, generally. Like, 16 to 20 tracks. Yeah, I don't know. That's for a, me, they get a little long i guess 12 just kind of gets a little long for me and i'm always i'm, I'm kind of used to like the the albums that are kind of like eight or six songs <laughs> i mean there is albums i've listened to that are like longer than that but like it has to be a really good album for me to listen through the whole freaking thing it's okay we'll, we'll it, review plenty of good long rap albums at some point i don't know why i did god damn it the overall rating for this is seven out of ten mystery meat sticks a nice clean number for kareem nice clean because kareem gets really really upset when there's a lot of numbers he can only handle about two yeah Barney's no no the problem is he can't handle yeah that's it he can't handle fractions when i put in 4.2 he starts to just <laughs> shiver with rage like he shakes with rage as he looks at me and he tells me robbie round it somewhere yeah, what is this round it! wait no what is this uh not imdb ign eh Gonna complain about yes. the lack of water in the in the album too. I mean, this York. album did lack water because it's a musical album, so there was no water in it at all. But also, there was no attempt at having water noises or talking about water. Yeah. There was a lot of talk of alcohol, though. You know, that's that's kind of worrying. Warren, are you well hydrated? You know, I think uh, I think you just don't understand, Kareem, that we are professionals and we need to rate these with as much accuracy as we can because you know why because the fucking twitter mafia will come after us <laughs> the fucking reddit mafia will come after us we will be fucking ruined and it'll be all your fault because you didn't pay attention to the fucking numbers well i think can't believe kareem one time told me he was rounding them on his own it's like what the fuck kareem you're either making these albums worse or better than we rated well are you just gonna ignore ruben's ratings are you just gonna ignore yes. mine you <laughs> My rating Collision Course is a zero out of ten. Fuck you. You know what? That, Speaking of yeah. which, are we ready to move on to Collision Course? Yeah, let's let's uh, crash right into Collision Course. All right, Kareem, introduce your first rap album. Uh, all first. right, so this is a, a, like a mashup album, and this is also our shortest album. It has six tracks on it. It's featuring That's uh, I like it. Lincoln Park and Jay Z. We we talked about Lincoln Park before. I'm not really gonna go too much. I don't actually know much about Jay Z. Ironically, even though like I've listened to this album. I'm million times uh, I, I actually know literally nothing about jay-z besides the fact that he's a he's a pop he's, he's a popular rapper guy oh, I, know one thing about I know a lot about him i know one thing i know one thing i know that he has 99 problems yes, but a bitch that, that is true i know that 
Oh, I'm saying that just in case you don't, I do know about the background of this album. I did look into it, and I can talk oh, about it. Oh, I got some. Yeah, so um, also I want to clarify that this is the deluxe version, because for some reason the, the original version just centers all the, the naughty no-no words. I think that's literally the only difference. But, uh, yep, that's it. Yeah, okay. So, like, this album... Yeah, I gotta make sure that I don't hear fuck in my music, because it yeah. really disturbs me. Yeah, Jay-Z's a, he's a family-friendly musician. Ruben. I mean, yeah. there were two tracks that they did not censor on the other version at all. Really? That's that's yeah. so dumb. Then what was the point? Yeah, I don't know. Okay. But yeah, this album... Music is really <laughs> weird. Yeah. This album was inspired, I, I looked into this, uh, the, by the Grey album by Danger Mouse, which was Jay-Z's Black album lyrics and vocals mixed with the Beatles' White album's, like, instrumental and samples and stuff. So that was, like, the, the idea that, like, it was gonna be, like, a fusion of Linkin Park's music and Jay-Z's music. It was gonna be two... It was only gonna be two tracks... But then they decided to make it a six-track small album. And uh, this is actually kind of the reason why I like mashups to begin with. Because, like, before that, I didn't really think, really, I only listened to Linkin Park. I never really, like... I mean, I've heard other music, obviously. But, like, I never really heard of, like, mixing two different songs together in, like, a distinct way. So I, I think this is kind of why I do like a, a lot of that sort of stuff. Because, honestly, this album, I've heard it a billion times. But I don't think it's that bad. And what I would say about it is that, like, I definitely, like, lyrics-wise, the songs don't, like, go together, quote-unquote. But, like, I think this is overall, like, fun album. Even, like, you're just still having, like, a song about, like, how, like, doing shit doesn't fucking matter contrasted with, like, oh, I'm a pimp, I'm a gangster and shit. Like, in the same song sometimes. It, it's kind of like a nice, like, turn-your-brain-off sort of album. And I think that's why I enjoyed it. I have two things I focused on with this thing. First, with the background of it, this was both the member of Linkin Park and Jay-Z wanted to do this and they were active in making sure the album came out how it did. That's why you'll, you'll hear shit like Mike is saying, I ordered a Frappuccino, where's my fucking Frappuccino? Or Jay-Z mentioning Randy, you're too talented for this or whatever. That said, they also re-recorded all of their lines for this. Which I think honestly kind of helps because they were trying to have fun with the album. I think they succeeded at it. I do kind of have issue personally with the fact that a lot of the Linkin Park tracks I think when you look at the lyrics, they do not go well with Jay-Z because Jay doesn't really Really make sad music. He kind of has a lot of boastful music. He has music about how he's on top. And a lot of the songs picked for this, I don't think necessarily work the best. That said, I don't dislike any of them really. I have some I like more than others. Like, I liked the last one. I liked Numb Encore. I like Dirt Off Your Shoulder Lying From You. I also did looked into who I think would be a few better rappers who probably could have done better with Linkin Park on a mashup album if y'all want to hear that. Um, I think, really honestly, Mike Chanel was probably a better rapper than Jay-Z. Personally, because I'm not the biggest fan of Jay-Z, honestly. I never really listened to a lot of his music. But when I listen to it, I think that's the only thing that kind of spoiled it for me is like, I, I, I don't dig the sound of Jay-Z. At all. I'll be honest, I really like Jay. I think he's a better rapper than Mike. That said, I also think all the rappers in my little list I made, and it's not like a complete list of, oh yeah, these would be the best ones, but um, I think a lot of them would still also probably do better than Jay. Go on hear the list. Sure. So, there's some underground rappers, there's some mainstream ones on here, and these are all rappers who at the time could have done it. So I'm not, like, fucking throwing in Corday, who's a recent rapper. Eminem, Tech 9 my son, if he wasn't imprisoned at the time, he actually, we can talk about him later, but gist of it is, he was set to release a debut album in 99, but got caught on some charges, put in prison, came out wanting to reform the prison system. That's a later story, though. Emotion Man, Pharaoh Monch. 
Black Thought, who are three rappers that they have collaborated with, along with Common, Styles of Beyond, and then three who were around at the time who were popular but they hadn't collaborated with, from what I know, are MF Badoom, who we'll hopefully be looking at soon, Nas, and Ka. You know Busta Rhymes did a, a song with them? I don't like Busta yeah. that much. Well, I'm just saying, like, he did do a song with them. No, yeah, I know. Yeah, yeah. Um, um, I don't think Busta would have because when I say mashup, I mean like also keeping in with the theme of the tracks too, in a way. Yeah, uh, um, personally, right. first of all, I would like to say uh, rest in peace, Chester Bennington. I think he was a great fucking uh, lyricist, and I think he was a fantastic singer too. I mean, he he could hold up his own in a live concert, and it's it's amazing to watch that guy uh, do his work. I do agree with you that Jay Z style and Lincoln Park style are two totally opposite kind of styles because. Linkin Park, even though they've had some pumped up kind of like songs, it's usually about some kind of like pain or suffering that they've had to go through or something like that. You know, it's yeah. mostly based on that. And yeah. right. so it does tend to go towards more like maybe the depressing or the more somber sounding stuff. Whereas Jay-Z comes in and he's kind of like all hyped up and fucking just ready to go and was like, yeah, life is fucking great. Uh, and Linkin Park's like, nah, it's not, bro. And those two just don't flash very well in my mind. Yeah, and it's like, I'm not saying Jay's a bad rapper. I think he's one of the best rappers. It's just, again, you know, he doesn't approach a lot of this like I think Eminem or Tech or Nas have, you know? And that's completely fine. He doesn't need to. It's just, I think of Jay in Linkin Park, you know, if I was supposed to be, like, producing this album or was in the planning for it and someone told me, hey, Jay-Z and Linkin Park want to do a mashup album together, I'd probably look at them like they're crazy because, to me, it just doesn't really mesh well. Yeah, I, I mean, they wouldn't have been my first thought to be honest. It's <laughs> like you were hearing like Weird Al it did an album with Linkin Park. <laughs> I'd love it. Those two, just, those two just not go well together. Yeah, you that. just hear the, the fucking rapping of Mike Shinoda and then in the background <laughs> fucking Weird Al's fucking little With fucking accordion. Yeah. <laughs> in the end, polka version. Yeah, in the end, polka version. Goddamn. <laughs> Honestly, like, I, I think, because despite being inspired by the Grey album, I, I feel like the, um, because what the Grey album did, it, it, was, it was just mostly, like, the instrumental from the Beatles used with Jay-Z's lyrics. And I think when the tracks were just doing Linkin Park's instrumental with Jay-Z's lyrics, some of them did sound actually really good. I, I like Big Pimpin' and Papercut, that that one, where, where Jay-Z was doing his thing, but to, like, the beat of Papercut. I think that was actually really good. Mm -hmm. Yeah, no, I think, Jay I love that they re-recorded the vocals. And I like how it... They actually both put work into this. This wasn't just some stupid corporate money-making thing. And that's part of why, honestly, I'm not really shitting on this hard. It may sound like I am, but I don't mean to. Jay does really well on it. Shinoda does really well. Chester does really well, of course. And I think in the end, it's still, you know, worth listening to. I think it's still really good for both of them. I almost would suggest it as an introduction to Jay-Z, in a sense. Maybe not Linkin Park, because their vocals aren't really on it as much as his. It's more so their instrumentals. But I still think it's a good project. Yeah, also, I, I wanted to say, like, despite us, like, talking about how, like, it was kind of a weird matchup, they have good chemistry together. They do, Like, like yeah. how you mentioned, like, the ad-libbing and stuff. Like, I love, like, that's part of, like, why I love this album, because, like, it, it's very memorable for that. And it's just, like, I can feel like, it feels like I'm literally, like, seeing them hanging out together while they're also, like, laying out, like, the song. It, it's great. Yeah. Yeah, for me, that's part of what I like about it, too. Looking over my back, it's like a because, um, wind inside of my head. <laughs> uh, I'm sorry. 
I was just going to say, like, Paper Cut, I, I did find that really good. Uh, probably because Paper Cut's, like, one of my favorite songs from them. It's a, it's a good song. I like that they mashed the 99 Problems in there because of that third verse from the track where it does discuss police brutality. And I think that honestly worked well with that track, too, and with the instrumental they were using. Because, again, Jay isn't, he's not a party rapper. He does have some sadder stuff, but a lot of what they chose for this is more of his hype stuff. Because that's just kind of who Jay is. That said, he is kind of like a, really like he's like the quintessential hype man, but not a hype man. I would actually slightly disagree there because I think Lil Wayne would be. Well, no, never mind. I, I I would agree. Yeah, Jay is very much a hype man, the best hype man, and basically for himself. That said, I also want to clue people in if they're interested. There are fan made some good fan made Eminem and Linkin Park mashups on Dat Pip and Bandcamp called Collision Course Two and Three and After Collision. So yeah. Actually- kind of want to give those a look i didn't know those existed yeah i i learned about them like decade ago pretty much so um what are we rating the album pals i'm gonna give it an eight out of ten i'm gonna give it a seven out of ten uh, i'm gonna give it a seven i i honestly if i haven't heard all these songs a billion times i could probably put it higher but it yeah i, I i'm comfortable with my seven all right that is going to be seven point Three out of ten mystery meat sticks. So Kareem's going to have a headache again. All right. So now I'm going to introduce Kendo, the almost famous album named Almost Famous. Technically, this isn't my first rap album. My first rap album actually was something included on a some so a music player called the Rio Karma. So when I got the Rio Karma, I probably it was roughly around 2005, 2006. I was a kid. I wasn't 10 yet. And this album on there was called Music for the Masses, MFTM, Slam Jams, Hip Hop Sample. I know that because I found an old Rio Karma manual online, and I found an artist on there called ENX with a song called Enemies Deceit. I still have not heard that song again That's uh, because the sampler is not online, to my knowledge, and I cannot buy it. But Almost Famous is a song that I remember liking a lot from it, and as being a song that had been stuck in my head constantly for 10 years. And when I would look it up, I could never find it. Thankfully for me, Kendo the Almost Famous is someone on that sampler who has a footprint. Because a lot of those names don't. So, with that said, I probably listen to Almost Famous a lot, along with a couple other songs on there. And Kendo is associated with a early 90s, late 80s hip-hop group called Public Enemy. You probably know them because they have Flava Flav in it. He wore a big-ass clock. He still does. <laughs> that said, Chuck D is also in it, and he's the one who made Slam Jams. It's a um, record label based out of New York. So Kendo is an associate of theirs. He's not really all that famous on his own. Um, he seems to still do work, um, activism around New York City. I'm not sure if he still makes a lot of music. That said, he released this as his debut album in 2006. However, he had another album in 96 as part of a horrorcore group called Hyenas in the Desert. And that album's called Die Laughing. So, what did you guys think of the album before I go through my thoughts? Oh, I really liked it. I wasn't really sure what to expect. And, oh, I, I just wanted to go over the cover really quick. Cause we oh, have to, like, right, the covers. covers. I think this is my favorite one out of the three. Just because, like, it, it's simple. It's just him and his group. But, like, I really love the font where it says Kendo the Almost Famous. Like, it's really eye-catching and it's really, like, distinct. I, I, I really like it. Again, it's 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 simple, but, like, I think it's effective. Yeah, I'll be honest. As far as the album covers go, and this is a side a little sidetrack i think this one is equal with regulates i like both of them a lot 
and they feel very similar to me. Collision courses, I didn't like as much. It's still neat. It's not the worst. But yeah, um, well, honestly, uh, yeah. we totally have the opposite opinion of you two. Uh, because I, <laughs> the regularly cover and the fucking Kindle cover were like the bare minimum of covers for me. Honestly, I was, I, I thought the Link of Bark cover was better. I don't know. I just didn't like the one as much. I mean, it's okay. Warren's, you did not regulate that cover enough. <laughs> not enough G Funk. Not enough G Funk in that cover. Here, as kind of we like transition it. back to Kendo, here's a fun fact. Warren G wasn't doing much regulating in 2006 either. His career was kind of in music, in actual releasing albums, was kind of coming to an end. His last album was in 09. And sadly, Nate Dogg, I believe, died around 2011. That said, Kendo is still around. Chuck D is still around. Public Enemy is still around. And Slam Jams has a lot of other samplers I cannot find because Spotify took them down likely due to copyright. Or not copyright reasons, but due to rights and shit like that. Flavor yeah. Flav is still around? Yes. Are you really telling me this? Yes. Damn. He is still active. Public Enemy is still active. Dies. And at some point, I want to dive into them, too. Um, I don't mind the other... Is Chuck D? I don't yes. mind him. I think he's great. I just yeah, don't like <laughs> Chuck D is the one who honestly, when I think of Public Enemy right now or Slam Jams, I think Chuck D because he's a lot more active in the albums for his artists. He's actually on this album. He's on Hell, which I was an interesting track. I liked. I I honestly liked all the tracks on the album. They sounded very two thousands to me, but at the same time, I kind of do wish this album had more traction. Because I like Kendo. I like what he's saying on the album. I think he's fun to listen to. I like how experimental, in a way, the instrumentals are. I do think it's another album where if it was released a little bit earlier, it probably would have done better. But again, it's like, I don't know. It's just an album that very much reminds me of when I was a kid in Georgia. For better, in a way. Um, yeah. When I had early ass fucking WoW, the old ass first Xbox... In a fucking PS2. Oh, you had the Halo stuff, didn't you? I never yeah. had a special Halo Xbox, no. No, I meant the fucking Halo game, not the special yes, Halo Xbox. I had Xbox. Halo 1 and 2. I played yeah. Halo 1 so much that disc barely worked. And I only ran around multiplayer maps alone because I had no friends. But I had a giant fucking imagination. So yeah, um, uh, Kareem, did oh, you my. have other thoughts on the album? Um, I gotta actually, say, I, I, wanted, I wanted to say something. Actually, um, oh, okay. I want to ask yeah. one question: If Kendall gets famous, does that mean he has to change his name to Kendall the Famous, or is he still I, almost? So I'm gonna give you an actual serious response once I do bring um, Discogs up. So, oh my Kendall, god, this is actually a response. Kendo has actually gone by multiple names as a rapper. He's gone by Kendo, he's gone by Kendo, he's gone by Kendo Alter, and apparently he's also gone by his actual name, Kenneth Walker. So, yeah, he's actually had so a pretty interesting music career. It wouldn't be a farce just to say if he ever got really famous, he would be Kendo the really famous. I don't know. <laughs> I, 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 he like could be, he I, just goes back to being Kendo. Yeah, all right. All right, anyways, Karen, go on. Oh, I, I was... Fuck you, Ruben, because I was also going to make like a thing like Kendo should be famous because I, I do. I do <laughs> again, I, I, I wanted to say I really like I really like Almost Famous and I don't blame you, Robbie, for having that song stuck in your fucking head because I, I love it. Um, I really I really love that guitar solo and I, I really like the instrumental. There's a lot of songs in here that I really enjoyed. I liked Dangerous Man. I liked Gangster Party. I, I didn't really know what to expect because obviously I didn't really know much about him. And you were the only person who told me about 
him. So I, I, I wasn't sure what I was getting into, but I... I really, I'm really happy with this. I, I really had fun. I'm probably gonna listen to it again. I'm probably gonna. Uh, I wish it was on fucking Spotify. I uh, do too. I God. so basically, I my parents bought me this album album as a Christmas present for Christmas of last year, and then I burned it onto my computer. I still have the physical disc, but it's a decently hard full album to find unless you just buy a physical copy of it. Dude, I remember having to burn my whole playlist uh, on a CD, um, and it was it took a long fucking time to burn CDs back in the day. Um, I feel old because I don't even know if people burn CDs anymore. I, I don't mean, think they it, do unless it's for stuff like this because I feel old because I. it's weird to me my computer does not have a disk drive. That shit is boring to me but this dumbass yeah. brick does not have a disc drive and it's weird i don't get that because like i like that was the best part was making playlists and then you just fucking burn them on a cd and then you'd be like going to your friend's house or if you were lonely you would just pretend you had friends and put it in the fucking you know cd player and listen to the song yeah and, yeah so i didn't yeah, have a lot of friends that's what i was trying to tell you i i, I didn't, listened I didn't to either part of my ramble was about loneliness too <laughs> Um, <laughs> uh, Ruben, what did you think about the uh, album? I uh, I was actually pretty surprised about it, mostly because you know I'm I'm just gonna say it. I'm pretty wary about rap albums, and in in a sense that I've heard a lot of shitty rap albums or a lot of shitty rappers, and it's just kind of like it's always a crapshoot. I think it's always a crapshoot with any kind of music that you know. It, it's either gonna really suck or it's gonna be really good. And thankfully, Kendall was really good to me. I really like his style. Um, almost famous as fucking catchy as fuck. Uh, <laughs> it was stuck in my head at one point. But yeah, I mostly, I mostly just like the beats that he has. I think, I think the production was really good on this, Robbie. I'll be honest. When I was going through this album, I was actually kind of worried to go through it again because I didn't know what you guys would think, and I didn't know how much of my nostalgia was impacting me when I listened through it because it's not instrumentals or beats that I'm used to with the rap. When I listen to a lot of 2000s rap, and, you know, I agree with you, I worry when I listen to an artist of any kind of music or even watch a movie that's kind of not well-known because, I'll be honest, there's a lot of musicians and movies and all that other creative shit that aren't well-known because they're shit. And that's not... I don't think that applies to Kendo. I don't think my nostalgia really impacted me as much as I thought, but it was still a concern. So... And let's be honest, there are some famous people that are still shit. Let's... The example, no, that's true, too. Yeah. Fred Fred Kid Dirt. Rock. Kid Rock. <laughs> <laughs> but, like, again, it's like with horrorcore, just as an example, I would say that a lot of the famous quote unquote rappers in there, they're normally the good ones. And you have some underground ones who are also good, but then you get a lot of shit. Uh, so it, it was kind of a concern. But I'm happy that, honestly, I think Kendo's pretty good on this. I do wish this album had to done better i don't really know why it didn't um i don't really blame him or chuck d because public enemy hasn't really been talked about since like the late 80s like if lava flave basically got replaced by dre by fucking you know eminem the 90s basically how do i want to explain this the hip-hop we saw with the I guess in a way, some Flava Flav, along with Vanilla Ice and MC Hammer, was just abruptly ended by gangster rap. 
by NWA, I would argue. And then we pushed into, you know, a much more gangster rap influenced, heavier, more violent, darker kind of mainstream hip hop because we had Eminem, we had 50 Cent, we had Tupac. That said, I do think this album's still good. I like the messaging on it, though. Like, I, I noticed that Kendo said he would hug a homie. That I, I thought was nice. You know, I really thought that he should have had Barney as a feature. I'm just I'm just really going to level with you there. Can we just but cut no, Ruben uh, out of the episode? <laughs> we could. We could replace him with Barney. Can I just be the sole host? Yeah, we're just going to both be Barney. And you can... <laughs> <laughs> you could just play along uh oh but anyways uh no i i am just i'm gonna start off my rating well i give it a nine out of ten i really enjoyed it and i'm probably gonna listen to it again and i i really really want kendo to be like famous in the way that eminem is kind of famous because i think he kind of does deserve it i thought it was a very well put together album Honestly, and the cool thing is that Kendo and Chuck D are on Twitter, so theoretically, you know, all it takes is we somehow build a following and we could get one of them on for an interview. I think it's still neat that they're still around doing stuff, too, because Chuck D is still making music, you know. Just because Public Enemy has fallen, like, and Kendo also does other things for them, too. He does writing, he does production, so it's not like his career is over, either. They're still around, they're still doing their thing, and I think it's honestly kind of admirable that they're still going forward, you know? Because like you said, Ruben, I think they deserve to be as big as Eminem or N.W.A. or 50 Cent, you know, even if they may not get that chance. I still you think... You know, honestly, I, I, I think Chuck D is, like, probably one of the best rappers out there. Uh, he's he's really good. I, I think he takes his job, his profession, very, very seriously. You know what I mean? And he's been in quite a couple of projects. I know that he was in Prophets of Rage. I, I don't know if he's still in it, but Prophets of Rage is the combination of Rage Against the Machine with, I think, one of the rappers from Cypress Hill and then Chuck D. And uh, it's pretty good. I, I'm not gonna. I'm not gonna lie. I, I actually quite kind of like it, and I really do like Chuck D. Sadly, it looks like Prophets of Rage ended in 2019. Snip, snip. Oh man, not Prophets of Rage. But Rage Against the Machine is back. Ah uh, yeah. Oh yeah. Wait, is it with the same singer? Um, Zach De La Roca. Let me check. Yeah, he's in it. Oh my god, dude! I I'm gonna go freaking party now. <laughs> uh, that's the greatest news I've ever had. Yeah. <laughs> but yeah, I give it a 9 out of 10. I'd give it a 10 out of 10. Uh, I'll give it a 9. All right. Um, as you, I guess just to also close out, another thing that I... Damn it, this makes me now want us just to do a public enemy episode. I know we'll return to them at some point because I do want all, to. All in due time. And, but, and if... if if uh, Kendo or Chuck D is listening to our podcast right now, we would gladly have you on the show. Please email us. Uh, we're desperate for exposure. <laughs> Jesus Christ, Ruben. Um, so two more things. You mentioned how Chuck D is as a rapper, and I agree. I think Public Enemy, Kendo, and overall Slam Jams, from what I've heard of them, and just in general, the work Public Enemy has done, I think they're very committed to hip-hop as both a um, music and as a culture which i honestly think is really neat and i like that because we've had some rappers like takeshi 69 or fucking tom mcdonald who they kind of just i'm not saying they're posers or they're fake i'm gonna fucking sound like in 2000s goth for a moment but they 
it doesn't feel like they actually understand hip hop whatsoever. Either they're here for a paycheck or they're just here to piss people off, and it's fucking stupid. Well, but, uh, you know, Tom McDonald will just call you a snowflake and then write an angry rap about you. I'm just gonna say that right he's now. A snowflake. I'm just I'm just saying that it's not even a hot take. It's a cold fucking real, take. Real beta man energy right there. <laughs> so that's a 9.3 out of 10 mystery meat sticks by the way yeah that's, yeah, honestly, that's, pretty, that's some pretty smoking hot meat sticks right there it did better than collision course or regulate damn warren you need to regulate damn, your warren. fucking meat sticks you should have <laughs> regulated this fucking review <laughs> damn <laughs> all right oh man we do have stuff brewing for you guys and i think we're going to be on it probably about next week about maybe doing the playlists or uh, things like that. We are still trying to figure stuff out along the way. And uh, we enjoy having people along with us. Uh, so if you are listening and you have any suggestions, um, you know, uh, please leave a comment. Uh, and, uh, you know, if you want to subscribe too as well. Also, I will say this for the playlist. We will have one for Christmas and for Valentine's for sure. We're not sure what ones we would do in between yet but we're discussing it yeah yes. we are discussing question. it yeah oh, and it, we wanna... sorry i was just gonna say and we know we're still a relatively newish podcast and we're still trying to work out the kinks and get stuff going so thank you guys for uh, being patient with us. Yeah, I was just going to say, do we want to talk about like what we're suggesting next episode? Or? Yes, we do. Oh, fuck yeah, I do. For once, we will not be uh, recommending any rap, surprisingly. Nah, it's, it's, it's going to be interesting. <laughs> so so scary. Uh, my suggestion was Audio Slave. Uh, and that's the title of the album. And the band is called Audio Slave. It's their first ever album to come out. And it was a super group. And it's mixed with Chris Cornell, who's from Soundgarden, and the rest of Rage Against the Machine, minus the singer. Yep. So I am suggesting a sludge metal band actually called Acid Bath. And their debut album called When the Kite String Pops. And they have a tragic story behind them. And I think, I believe this is actually our first metal album review isn't it at least the first sludge metal one no no we had lincoln park never mind um that said this will be our first sludge metal review and i know it's not crowbar but crowbar is possibly going to get reviewed in the future i just imagine like sludge metal is like they play instruments but they also dump like toxic waste (laughs) all over them yeah i can see that they're sticky boys yeah sticky boys my album is i i genuinely whatever i i get recommend a lot of youtube albums randomly thank you susan and uh one of them is visitors by automatic man which is apparently frog rock band that's uh you know it's in the funk and the psychedelic rock that sort of stuff i i have no i i've literally never heard about these fucking guys did you did you just say that you suggested a frog rock Album. Apparently, it's their second album. That's like the nerdiest of the fucking rock genres. What is wrong with you? I mean, Pink Floyd is prog rock, according to Wikipedia. Yeah. <laughs> so, <laughs> shut the fuck up. Um. The, the only, I, I, I'm gonna be real. I only started listening to it this night. I'm only halfway through it. Um, and I, I literally put it in my like little personal list of like songs. I mean, albums I, I, I was planning on listening to like yesterday. 
because I only heard 15 seconds of it. So <laughs> and interpret that as you will. So, so um, I will also say this about Acid Bath. I found them in a disturbing music playlist on Spotify because I wanted to traumatize Kareem and Ruben. And that led me down a rabbit hole that showed me a genre called Power Electronics. And I cannot continue the story from there due to holy fucking shit what did i find and also because youtube will ban us dude i thought black metal was pretty bad i still think it it's is. pretty bad it's related to black metal God, I, hate, I hate fucking black metal with a passion. <laughs> I cannot stand it. Oh my god, it's like the most racist shit ever. And they're not like, satanic in the like the fucking thinking of like oh you know modern satanists. No, they're satanic in the way of medieval. They think like Satan is real, and they 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 pour pig's blood all over them. Robbie, I will say this about black metal: it's actually a diverse genre. You have some LGBT black metal bands you have some progressive ones you have some actual theistic satanists in there and yes you have the neo-nazis and that again is part of my discovery that said no i don't like black metal as a whole i think there's a couple bands i would consider because i like how some of the people in them sound like as far as you know personal branding and the like we are never going to review anyone we think however are neo-nazis we are not doing that i don't care if most of the band isn't or if it's some collective or whatever we're not going down that rabbit hole that said i'm only defending black metal so now i can shit on it black metal as a genre makes horrorcore look like fucking a bible camp music all the fucking murders all the fucking weird bullshit that has occurred related to black metal and somehow hip-hop you talking about the varg dude I'm talking about more than just that. There's been so many murders and beatings and just other weird shit. Lovely. Like, horrorcore really is just more or less horror movie gangster rap. Mirazakel isn't actually out killing anyone. She's just kind of a true crime nerd making, you know, horror music and, and all that shit. Meanwhile, Black Metal, it's like, there was one, I don't remember who he was, some, I think a singer, he beat the shit out of a gay guy because he was gay. And also, um, know. you have Euronymous, you have Varg, yeah, you have a lot of interesting stories I, I i would like to say this here at the mystery meat podcast we do not promote uh any kind of racism and we're pretty diverse look at cream he's our editor i mean you can't get any more diverse yeah, than I having mean, an editor yeah i mean he's not even human like we treat him the worst he can ever be and he, you know he's still here and we support him right cream <laughs> yeah I'm just going to be serious for a second and repeat myself again. We are not going to review any neo-Nazi bands or music. We are not going to... Uh, I'm going to also include certain rappers under this, one of which I named earlier negatively, because I do not care enough to do so. First, and second, because I don't... If you want to go and find it and listen to it and review it yourself, you can... I don't think it's going to be good. I don't think we're going to like it. And as fun as it is to riff on shit, I would rather riff on shit that's, you know, fun. Like Aqua. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> uh, also, you know, like, we do try to do our research on these bands, guys. We we really do take the time to make a good story for you guys, but also presenting information in a more factual way. And sometimes we have artists that do have certain views i don't think necessarily that has to spoil the songs because i think each song personally has something to do with you but black metal probably never going to be on the table for me again i'll defend it slightly but i will agree that we will not review national socialist black metal no we won't do that no 
Not at all. But we will review Barney. No, I, we're not doing I, that I either. was genuinely oh, tempted, but there's a 31 track out. I, I can't even fucking do that. A lot of those <laughs> albums are long, bro. I would, I would, the only way we if would you do make that, me, again, like the only... You know I will listen to 31 only, tracks of it just I will give you permission to skip, Robbie. I swear to you, I can't actually, in good conscience... No, I won't skip. Oh, I'll God. listen to the entire thing. I, I, I... <laughs> God. Dude, I will listen to the first album and then the second album and then the third album. Have fun. Um, listen to like an hour of dude, Well, you know, it's an hour of fucking Barney. How can he be so upset about that? He makes you happy. Here's we're, my review on Barney. We're one, um, we're one big happy family. Shit. I like when the kids sing. The lyrics aren't actually terrible. I just would rather anyone else be singing this shit. And then, and then it would be kind of cute. There's one song I found as a joke earlier called Mr. Sunshine. Barney's singing ruins it and drops it to like a 2 out of 10 I guess whatever the fuck um, did, you really, did you really just rate that Barney song like right now on the fly yes, yes I did official. and you know what if those kids were the only ones singing it it would have been a 10 out of 10 cute little kid song but Barney's on there oh, I give it also a 1 out of 10 uh, how, many, how many meat sticks is that motherfucker um, wait, well, Kareem, what's your rating out of spite. No, seriously. No, what seriously, is it? I don't fucking know. It's a fucking it's a Barney song. I'll give it a two. Dude, rate it right now, okay, you piece of um, shit. Um so Mr. Sunshine gets a one point seven out of ten. Wow. Oh, I'm pretty sure yeah. we have rated albums lower. Yeah, Starbomb is literally like Dude. a one point like three or some shit. Oh right, it yeah. is. Jeez, Red Star Durst. Bomb can't Red do Durst as well as got a better rating. Yeah. <laughs> Limp Biscuit did do better <laughs> than fuck. Yeah, uh, but uh, anyways, guys, that's all the time we have. We're going to have some more Bandily-tastic re reviews for you. Tony, get back here!